Hello and welcome to The M Word, where we have uncensored conversations on all things marketing. We're your hosts, Jennifer Mulchandani and Heather Michaelgard. For season two, our conversations are focused on brand. Listen in for ideas you can use for your brand. Enjoy today's episode. Today on The M Word, we are talking with Greg Hamilton, publisher and co-founder of Arlington Magazine. Greg has more than 25 years of experience in brand marketing and digital media and was previously the CMO of a DC media company. Greg lives in Arlington, Virginia with his wife and three daughters where he's active in the community, serving on multiple boards and coaching youth sports. Today's conversation took Greg back to 2011 when he wrote his business plan for the magazine and conducted awesome marketing research by interviewing moms at the local pool to find out what they'd like to see in a local lifestyle magazine. Greg describes brand as a basket of multiple attributes. One of my favorite parts of the interview is when Greg shared how he launched his brand, leveraging his then seven-year-old daughter to assist in distribution of their first issue. Enjoy today's conversation. Hi, Greg. Welcome to The M Word. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you for having me. Hi, Greg. Good to have you here. It's great to see you. Greg, when you hear the word brand, what does that mean to you? When I think of brand, I think of an empty basket that you fill with attributes. Hmm. I'm actually ripping off a business school professor when I say that, but I think it makes a lot of sense. You know, you pick a name and it means nothing until you fill it with attributes for your, you know, target, the target audiences that you're trying to reach. Okay. So let's talk about Arlington Magazine then. Let's pick that brand, that name. What, what are its attributes? Tell us a little bit about this uh, magazine that you founded. So when we were thinking about, or I was thinking about launching the magazine, um, I did a focus group at uh, Overly Swim Club with a bunch of moms who were drinking wine. I had a bunch of names that I had selected, and I proposed these names, and they came back and said, why would you call it anything other than Arlington Magazine? It just makes perfect sense. Everyone will understand what it is, and that's what we went with. And I think there's just a simplicity around the name. It's a magazine about Arlington. You don't need a tagline to describe it. You just get it. And then when you see the product, I then think you get it even more deeply because you see the quality, you see the design, and you see what it's all about. Yeah, I, I, I've been consuming your magazine since it launched. It's, I almost feel like you, you haven't arrived in Arlington unless you've been featured in or advertised in or, or somehow connected to the magazine. So well done. Congratulations thank, thank on you. that. How long, have, how long have you been publishing? Uh, we launched and officially formally launched the business in June of 2011. And our first issue came out in mid-October of 2011. It was our November-December issue, or six times a year. Uh, I started working on the business plan in August of September, August, September of 2010. So, Greg, I want to go back to your basket of brand or your brand basket. Basket of attributes. Yep. Yep. That is the brand. But talk to me more about the attributes. You you mentioned name, but what mm-hmm. else goes into this basket? So for a bit of context, when you look at city and regional magazines, which is the category that we sit in, the category of publication, the quality is very hit or miss. And I looked at a lot of city and regional magazines across the country. They tend to be very formulaic cheap eats, weekend getaways, 
top doctors, they all kind of do the same thing. And one thing you'll notice is that the quality, the editorial quality specifically, is pretty spotty. And so my view, my view then and my view now, is there's an underinvestment in the editorial quality. So given that we were serving Arlington McLean and Falls Church, and given that our readers are among the most highly educated group of people you know, in the country, and they read the Washington Post, the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Atlantic, the New Yorker, they're reading the best journalism that exists. And so our view is we need to invest in the editorial quality and deliver a national caliber magazine, but have it be all about the community. And I'm not suggesting that we're on the same level as some of those journalistic enterprises, but I think we do a really good job. We spend a lot of money on it and we try really hard. And we want our journalism to be really, really good and be all about the people that we serve. So I, I think it's when you pick up a magazine, no matter what magazine it is, no matter it, whether it's lifestyle, whether it's you know a car magazine, whether it doesn't matter. You know, as a as a consumer of a magazine, you spend a lot of time looking at ads as well as editorial content. And so, how important to your brand is the advertising side. How do you how do you make sure your advertising aligns with the rest of your brand, the editor, the quality that that high caliber nature of of your magazine? I think there's two answers to that. the The first is that um, businesses, organizations aren't going to advertise in Arlington Magazine unless their product or service is relevant to the community. Why, why would they? And so if you're a local business, a local organization, and you care about reaching our demographic, we're a great way to do that. So that sort of answers the first part. The second part is what does the quality of the actual advertising look like? I would say that is a bit of a mixed bag. Uh, one of the reasons why we have emphasized our profiles, realtor profiles, physician profiles, attorney profiles, et cetera, et cetera, is that we are in much, we're actually in a way in control of the content as well as the photography. So if you do a profile with us, we assign a photographer to do your shoot. We have a writer who's working with you to make sure the editorial content, well, it's advertorial content, but to make sure your content is good. Uh, the other kind of advertising is display advertising. We have less control over that. But typically, the clients who choose display advertising are more sophisticated advertisers, and so that sorts itself out. So do you, because one of your roles in, in being publisher is you are soliciting advertising. You're, you're meeting and greeting and, and identifying the right next customer for your, for your ads. Do you find yourself um, almost not targeting or targeting because you think that the, that particular business's brand would fit your magazine already? I think, I'm not sure if I'm answering your question exactly, but after 10 plus years of doing this, we know the kinds of clients that are capable of doing certain kinds of campaigns. So to do full page ads, display ads in every issue, you need to have a healthy marketing budget to do that. And so it's not for everybody. But for the kinds of organizations that can afford to do it, they typically have a lot of help on the marketing front. They have a dedicated marketing team, they have an agency, and so nine times out of 10, or 99 times out of 100, the creative that we get 
is very professional uh, and I think complements what we're doing in the magazine. Mm -hmm. And then for everybody else, we're there to provide a lot of support. And we also offer ad design services for clients who don't have design capabilities. And so we, we're not an ad agency, and I tell that to all of our clients, but we can produce a very professional ad that, you know, will be compelling. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really smart because you're keeping that quality control in-house in a way where you are providing the photographer and you're you know, offering to help with the display ad. No, you're not an advertising agency, but you're keeping within your brand a bit and making sure that it looks right and that it's still part of the community. And I know when I pick up one of your magazines, I feel like I'm with friends. I'm like, oh, I know her and him and we just had lunch. And like you guys have done a great job keeping it very local and having that community feel. Have you... Was there challenges along the way? I mean, has it always been kind of this seamless collaboration of community partners, or was there ever a challenge or a time where you struggled to, to stay on brand? You know, I, I don't think so. Uh, I was a business person for many, many years. I was a marketer for many years. I got my MBA across the river at Georgetown. Uh, the business plan was essentially what we did. And, you know, in the business plan, it's an objective is to get involved in the community in a meaningful way, mm -hmm. which I think anybody who knows me knows, like, we've achieved that. Um, on the editorial side, we said we're going to talk about the fun things in this community. We're going to help people navigate the community. We're going to talk about the downsides of living here. I mean, if you read the business plan, you'd be like, yeah, that's it. So so we were very deliberate about what we wanted to do. Um, and I think one of the challenges a lot of new businesses face is they don't do that kind of planning. They don't do that kind of preparation. So they don't really know what they are when they start. And that's a problem, and that's really going to become a problem when you start doing marketing. The other thing I've noticed is a lot of people launch businesses, and guess how much money they devote to their marketing budget? Zero. Which, to me, is, you know, like, why, why would you do that? Uh, so, to me, if you're launching a business, you ought to raise enough money to do some marketing. So take us back to your launching a business, a brand, Arlington Magazine. So it sounds like you did the business prep. You, like, you really knew all that internal work. Who are we? Why do we exist? What do we want to accomplish? How did you get that out to the world You know, to, to invest in issue number one and to, for people to pick up issue number one? How did you build that brand at the beginning? You may laugh. So we... <laughs> Our very first issue, we published 25,000 copies, which is our circulation for each issue. And we built lists, we mailed it into the community, we sent it to doctor's office and dentists, salons, gyms, spas, car dealerships, banks, anywhere that we knew that you know, educated Arlingtonians who might like our product, if you know, these are places they're going to be and we wanted them to see it. We also fanned out across the community, me, my new colleagues, my children. We handed it out at metro stops. We were at the, you know, the Starbucks that used to be at Lee Harrison. Um, I think the best compliment I got, one of my daughters, who was 
I don't know, seven at the time, handed our inaugural issue to this kind of hassled guy. He couldn't be bothered. He was walking to the Starbucks. He was kind of in a hurry, but it's kind of hard to turn down a cute seven-year-old. She handed him the magazine. He was like, you know, kind of thanks and took it. And we were all wearing Arlington Magazine t-shirts. And he came out about 30 minutes later, and he walked up to me, and he said, thanks for giving this to me. It's really good. It's so much better than I expected. And I, that's what we heard from everybody the first year. This is really good. It's so much better than I expected. And my takeaway was when people think local, they often think JV effort. Mm-hmm. Like not very good, not very sophisticated, not very good, not very high quality. And we just wanted to you know, crush that perception. Now, you know, it's not, that's not an overnight thing. It's taken years and years to build. But our number one marketing initiative is the magazine itself because it's sitting in a doctor's office. It's on a nightstand. It's on a coffee table. It's in someone's powder room, and they're interacting with it and using it, and that's a constant brand reinforcement. I want to go back and pull a thread because you, you alluded to how important community involvement and uh, be, being a good member of the community was for your, for you, you, I presume, but also the, your brand, Arlington Magazine. Share with us, what does that look like in practice? And you know, how, how, how have you built that into the core of, of your, your values and, and how you approach community engagement? Well, I, so I didn't have a clear path for that when I started because I didn't really know how to engage with the community. Uh, when I was working on the business plan, I talked to 30 local business owners or marketing decision makers and ran through seven or eight, this is my marketing background talking, seven or eight questions that I wanted answers to. And one of them was, are you involved in the community? And if so, how? And why do you find it meaningful? Uh, Adrian Stanton, who used to be the chief marketing officer at Virginia Hospital Center, said, do you know Leadership Arlington? And I said, I've never heard of it. And he shook his head and said, I'll do an email introduction to Betsy France. So that was one immediate connection before we had even launched the business. Um, I was connected with Rich Dowd, may he rest in peace, uh, who was then the president of the chamber. I joined the chamber actually in May of 2011. We didn't launch the business until June of 2011. So I saw the value in the chamber right out of the gate. Joined the chamber, I took Rich to lunch and I said, hey, I want to get involved, how can I do that? And so he helped me sort of chart out a path and. I ended up joining the board of the chamber in 2013, I believe, and just rolled off last year. So I just had my eyes and ears open, and it was I asked people. Um, there are other groups that people suggested I you know, get involved with, and I went and attended and just felt like it maybe wasn't the best fit for us, and I won't name those groups because it may sound like I'm you know, um, not singing their praises, and that's not what I mean. They just weren't a good fit for us. But where I really landed initially was the Chamber, Leadership Arlington, and the Community Foundation, and joined those boards sort of 2013, 2014, 2015. Uh, and I'm on some other boards as well now. Uh, not only is it good for business, it's great for editorial ideas, because I know what's going on in the community. It's great exposure. I'm asked to speak on things like like this. I've emceed events. I've moderated panels. I, I don't, I can't recall a time I've said no to an opportunity like this because I think it's great for the brand. So I just want to reiterate for our listeners who have a business 
what I see as what has made Arlington Magazine so successful is one, you knew what you wanted to do. You had a goal, you had objectives, it was very clear, you documented it, um, and you really set that stage creating your own brand. Then you knew your audience, you knew who would listen, who would read, who you wanted to talk to, and then you did your due diligence and you talked to them and you found out what they wanted to hear. I mean, it's like the guy who got the magazine, he expected some, you know, piecemeal, I don't know, like paper and pamphlet or, you know, some little newsletter. Right. Right. But you knew your audience. You knew it had to be high quality. You knew it had to look good. You knew it had to to read well. Like, I just, I think that just goes to show how important both brand, knowing your audience, and then putting those pieces together to implement your marketing strategy and implement your your, um, objectives. So, I want to talk a little bit more about investing in your own brand. And do you see a return on that? Because I think a lot of times businesses are afraid to spend money on their own, whether it be the initial work that it takes to create a brand and get it launched. And then I also think they're afraid to spend money on their own marketing. So like, what has been the payoff for you to invest both in your brand and marketing? So I'll, I'll answer it in a, a, a little different way. Um, prior to starting Arlington Magazine, I was a chief marketing officer, and that has really informed my thinking. And when I, when I think about marketing and how to spend money, I really sort of divide it into two pots. There's a branding pot, and then if applicable, there's a direct response pot. And so businesses that care about generating leads need to generate leads, but they also need to invest in their brand. Mm -hmm. The lead piece is a little easier because it's trackable, especially with digital, and you can see how things are performing. The brand piece is a bit of a leap of faith because it's much harder to track. Mm -hmm. And so when I think about branding, I think about, and I'm looking at a specific opportunity or a specific vehicle, like an Arlington Magazine, I'm gonna ask, does it reach the people that I wanna reach? Does it reach enough of them to justify what I'm spending? And is the vehicle appropriate for my brand, my values, you know, the business that I am trying to to run? So when I'm at the Harris Teeter and I see real estate agents on a shopping cart, I think, okay, well, that's one way to get your brand in front of the community. Mm-hmm. Is that the same opportunity as an Arlington Magazine? I would say no. Uh, So there's a lot of ways you can brand yourself in the community, and I think people need to really answer those three questions. What would you say to a business owner who's wondering if their brand needs a refresh or if, if it's working for them? Like, what questions should they be asking themselves? I think it's, it comes down to, is it a problem with the brand? Or is it a fundamental problem with the business? Mm-hmm. Because a brand is not going to solve a fundamental problem with your business. Uh, I think throwing out, there has to be a very good reason to throw out a brand. If you've built up any trust, goodwill, awareness, why would you start over? Building a brand is really, really hard. What was the Dotson? So we studied Datsun. Remember Datsun, which mm-hmm. used, which is now Nissan? 
So Datsun was a car company, Japanese car company, that rebranded Nissan. We studied these guys in business school. Ten years after the rebranding, awareness of the Datsun name was still higher than the Nissan name. So I wouldn't make a decision to rebrand on a whim. You really got to think it through and identify, like, what's wrong with the brand I have now? Why am I changing this? Or do you just need to change your product? Because your product really is... That's the key piece of your brand. If your product stinks, if your service stinks, all the marketing in the world isn't going to solve it. That, I, yes, you're, you're uh, preaching to, to a choir over here who, who we've counseled many a, many a client through that decision-making process. And you know, we often talk about you know, a full brand rebrand, you know, new name new mission even, if they're an organization or a business, uh, new, new values, new like where they're really taking a turn, left or right, whatever, but the road ahead was no longer serving them, versus refreshing something. Maybe, maybe the, the imagery is stale, mm -hmm. or the words are dated, or don't reflect, maybe they have innovated in their business and it's no longer reflected. So, you know, I, to, to your point that brand is a bucket filled with attributes like you can you can finesse attributes within the larger bucket without fundamentally changing everything so all of that is a lead in to say you know wh where do you see your brand going do you see mm -hmm. has there been an evolution of brand or has it more been a you know growing awareness is your brand set for for where you see Arlington magazine or is it, are there places you have yet to take it I think when people think of Arlington Magazine, they think of the magazine that's sitting on their coffee table, um, which is great. But a challenge is, and I hear this often from people who are avid readers of the magazine, they're unaware that we have a digital presence. They're unaware that we have a website, which, you know, what year is it, 2022? I mean, to be a media company without a website is kind of madness. Um, we've had a website since 2013 or 2014. We started investing in it in a significant way probably about five years ago. Uh, so we're generating, you know, three, four, five original stories every week, sometimes more. Um, we're posting everything we do on social, you know, Facebook. Instagram when it makes sense, Twitter, uh, we're growing our traffic and it's great, but um, you know I still run across people who think of it as a magazine. Um, we've got a weekly email newsletter that has 21,000 subscribers, which is amazing and terrific, and I'm really proud of that. You know we have over 6,000 social media followers, uh, followers on Facebook and Instagram, so like we're doing well. But I feel like you know we should have 25,000 followers on social media, and I feel like our instead of 40,000 users every month, we should have 100 or whatever the number is. So um, I do think our brand does sort of tie us to the print magazine world, uh, and my view is through investment and just more content, we'll get out of that perception. But I wouldn't want to change the name of the business to do it. 
I think it's interesting though because so many people have like stopped picking up the newspaper and they go and read it from their app. Mm -hmm. I personally still get the post. I love to pick it up. I love to read it. I want to hold it in my hand. I mean, I think it'll be interesting as time goes to to see if there is a drop in the actual magazine pickup and that maybe you would increase the digital space more. But I also think it's just a nod to how great your magazine is. You know, people still want to pick it up in the doctor's office. I look for it in the mailbox. Um, your visuals are beautiful. Uh, so I, I just, I think it's you're on the right path and you're you're checking all the boxes that you know knowing that we need to be digital knowing we need to be on social media but i just think it shows how good your your product is that people are still picking up the actual magazine well and isn't the big difference though i mean newspaper is black and white and um you know and i but i do remember the time when like they made it narrower and people complained that the, the feel, like the, the experience, that tactile nature experience changed. But when I look at a magazine and, and your pages are, it's thicker paper, it's glossy. It's like there's, there, the quality comes through in the tactile experience, not just the content. Right. And, you know, as someone who is has to have reading glasses to see anything, it's like to, to translate all those visuals into a phone that you don't you lose something right, right. it's just yeah. it doesn't feel as relaxing as when i have my cup of tea and i'm reading a, reading the magazine yeah i think it, you need to be careful putting newspapers and magazines in the same bucket um i stopped reading newspapers in print in probably 1997 really? yet i own a magazine so that may seem like a bizarre um you know bizarre behavior on my part um I feel like with news, to me personally, there's really no value to read it in print because when you read it online, you're not getting your fingers dirty and you're getting it at least 12 hours earlier. Good point. But with a magazine, it's meant to be consumed differently. You can get up away from your computer, you can put down your phone, you can put down your tablet, you can sit on your couch and you can consume this thing that's beautiful and you're consuming it the way the art director intended you to consume it. Um, it's for color, it's great visuals. It's just very different than reading a newspaper. Um, one of the things that, that you know continues to give me confidence in the longevity of our business is that there are a lot of magazines with increasing circulation. It's not the Sports Illustrated, it's not the Time, it's not Newsweek. I mean, the all things to all people, general interest magazines have not done well. Hmm. The niche magazines have done extremely well. I mean, go look at Garden and Gun. Like, that thing is awesome. Like, I love that not magazine. Seen that one, me I love that <laughs> magazine, and I don't garden, and I don't like guns, <laughs> but I love the magazine Garden and Gun because it's beautiful. It's a southern lifestyle magazine. Check it out, it's beautiful. It's awesome. And the advertising is it's incredibly robust. And, you know, I, I, I remember I was on Facebook and there was some t uh, not t shirt, a, uh, like a polo shirt brand, I forget the name of it. And it was all over Facebook. And I was like, that's probably like a junk, a junky shirt. I would never buy it. And then I saw their ad in Garden and Gun, and I'm like, that's a really sharp shirt. <laughs> I'm going to buy one of those. And it just shows you sort of the power of it's the same brand, but it's on a different platform. 
and which one has credibility, which platform has credibility, and therefore that credibility accrues to the brand versus a platform that doesn't bestow you with a lot of credibility. Yeah. Not to beat up on a shopping cart at Harris Teeter, I just don't think that bestows a lot of credibility. Whereas, you know, a high quality editorial product can. So, you know, you 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 you're past 10 years in business. Uh, it's going well. You have some growth goals, obviously. But if you could tell uh, tell yourself, going back to 2011, you know, w- like what do you wish you can go back and tell yourself that you know now that you didn't know or didn't fully appreciate then? I think I worried too much. I think I was too uptight that it was going to fail. And maybe that was a good thing because it made me work really, really hard. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for three or four years, it was all I did. And um, I guess it's kind of hard to unpack if that was part of the reason for the success. I'm just more relaxed now. Mm-hmm. I don't lose as much sleep as I used to. It's hard to, st- I mean, you know, it's hard to start a business. There are a lot of sleepless nights. It's really, really stressful. Um, there was a guy who was, is, I was talking to him when I was thinking about starting this business, and he's a serial entrepreneur. And I said, you know, well, if I start Arlington Magazine and, you know, it doesn't go well, it's a year or two, it doesn't go well, you know, I can always just go back to corporate America and get a job. And he said, you know, I'd be careful about that. And I said, why? He goes, once you go feral, they don't let you back in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was a great line, but it put extra pressure on me. Yeah. You know, so here I am starting a business, you know, three kids and two mortgages, you know, staring at three colleges, three weddings potentially. So, you know, it's like this thing better work or it's going to be a mess. So fortunately it's worked. That's great. Yeah. Great job. Greg, what other brands, um, either local or national, do you like uh, besides Garden and Gun? Is there anyone that stands out to you that you think they're doing a really good job with their branding? So on the local level, and at risk of alienating all of my many advertising clients who I love, there is one client in particular who I think does a really good job with uh, his marketing, and that's the Weidler Brothers, Hmm. Steve and Hans Weidler, Weidler Brothers Real Estate. Uh, If you look at the March-April issue, they're on the back cover. Uh, There's a QR code. Scan the QR code and watch the video. It's hilarious. These guys have been doing videos for years. They are high quality. The production quality is great. They're really funny, and they're devastatingly effective, I think. And they tie back to what they're doing with us and what they're doing with all of their marketing. And basically what they're conveying to the community is we are really smart. We're really, really good at what we do. We're going to get you a great outcome, and you might have some fun along the way. Um, early on, they did these Oh Brother ads. Do you remember them? I do remember those, yes. And they were often seasonal. So it was Oh Brother, and it was Steve and Hans kind of back-to-back. And, you know, at Christmas time, it was, you know, Steve likes, you know, mistletoe, and Hans likes, you know, I don't know, eggnog. And it runs through the thing. You know, I like Santa. I like Rudolph. And then at the end, it would have, you know, Hans... Yale, Harvard Business School, Steve, Dartmouth, Vanderbilt Law Degree, you know, top 50 real estate team in the country, according to Wall Street Journal. So it was like super fun and funny, but then it established their credentials and showed that they're really successful. 
And there, it was just incredibly memorable campaign. So very sophisticated for a local local business. Well, it sounds like if they're using a QR code in your in your uh, March issue, they might have even been ahead of the Super Bowl's uh, QR code mm-hmm. commercial. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't like QR codes in our ads. Um, I don't think they're attractive. Mm-hmm. I don't think a QR code is really appropriate for branding because a QR code is often a direct response mechanism to get people to take some action. You know, 15% off if you act by XYZ date. I mean, that's fine in its place. It's not appropriate in a branding setting. But with Stephen Hans, it's a really funny video that plays off this sibling rivalry. You know, mom loves me more. No, mom loves me more. Um, it's just, it's really funny. And they've got a whole bunch of videos if you go to their YouTube channel. That's great. We should check that out. So before we, uh, before we leave... I know you've mentioned a lot of platforms for Arlington Magazine. Let's uh, review for our listeners, please. Where can people find all the this awesome editorial content for Arlington Magazine? So if you go to arlingtonmagazine.com, you'll see everything we do there, both digital-only content as well as magazine content. If you want to see the magazines in a digital format, scroll all the way down to the bottom. In the footer, you'll see Digital Edition Archive. Uh, We launched a digital edition in May of 2020 because we were worried about readership during the pandemic. So we decided to launch a digital edition. And, you know, it gets some traffic, um, which is good, much less than we get to the website. But I think, you know, digital editions were going to save magazines five, ten years ago. But people just prefer to read a magazine in print because they want to, again, you know, put down the device, have a cup of coffee, have a have a you know some tea, have a glass of wine, whatever, and enjoy their magazine. So to me, that's actually a good thing. But it's all there if people want to see it. And then if they like it, they can subscribe. Um, there's lots of opportunities on our website to subscribe to the magazine. It's not going to break the bank, um, but we love having dedicated subscribers. And it's worth every penny. Absolutely, we highly recommend subscribing to Arlington Magazine. Thank We've you. been talking to Greg Hamilton. Greg, thanks for coming in today. Thank you for having Great me. To it was see fun. You. Thanks for listening to this episode of The M Word. We'd love to hear from you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter. And we'd really love it if you would leave us a review. Until next time, don't be afraid to be uncensored. The M Word is an Arlington Strategy production hosted by Jennifer Mulchandani and Heather Michaelgard. Our theme music is Golden Reflections of the Sun by Vlad Glushenko. Graphic design by Kayla Fagan. Sound engineering and editing by Ben Mulchandani and Nina Sofia Pacheco. Editing by Nina Sofia Pacheco and Janelle Walters.